We are getting into the nitty gritty details this week on The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas. Send in the clowns, we're talking about Joker. For my whole life, I didn't know if I even really existed, but I do. And people are starting to notice. Hello, welcome to a very special mini episode of The Cinema Crew, the podcast that talks new movies every week. My name is Michael Campbell, but you can call me Cambo. And joining me as always is Vary McIntyre. Hello. And Dan Miranda. Hello. Now listen to this. That is your official spoiler warning. If you have not seen Joker, pause the episode, go watch it. We're going to be waiting here when you get back. But for all of you that have seen Joker, we're going to get into it, all the spoilery goody details. But for all of you that have seen the Joker, let's get into all the gory details. Last episode, we talked all about Joker and our general thoughts. But this week, we're going to delve a little deeper. Movies like Joker are hard to discuss without giving away all the fun surprises. So with no limitation on spoilers... What did you think? So as with the spoiler-free episode that we did, we talked about the film, which is Joker. This one is a different iteration, as there have been countless, or an origin story of how the Joker came to be. And this one is about the psychological downward spiral that uh, the man has in becoming the Joker. And this company that's produced the movie is a spin-off from the main DC universe or worlds of DC, as, as I think we said. Um, so they're trying to create a world that's not based on the ones that we know from Aquaman or yeah. Suicide Squad. But what it does have is links to Batman. Mm-hmm. So that was probably that's probably the main spoiler, I think, that this that we didn't talk about last time. Well, yeah, so the, the way I've been describing it to people, is I say, look, it's barely a Batman film yeah, no. because uh, Bruce Wayne does show up as a young boy, uh, but don't go in expecting like a cool Batman cameo or anything at the end. That's not this movie. This movie is essentially 2019 Taxi Driver, like almost to the point where Gotham City is just New York City. Mm. <laughs> Down to the, in the 70s in New York, they had a, uh, a, a strike on the garbage collectors which is something that happens in this movie. The, in, in this movie, Gotham has a garbage strike and this garbage. All in. That's something that happened in 1970s New York while they were filming Taxi Driver. So Taxi Driver has piles of trash everywhere in the street. It's, right. it's like so influenced by Taxi Driver that it's yeah. almost, if it wasn't like so on the nose, it would be almost like derogatory Taxi Driver. <laughs> yeah. Well, I said it was like 80s London Thatcherism because they had a workers' strike yeah. there as well and rubbish was piling the city. But even even down to the idea of the super rats, which is something I mentioned in this film, yeah. albeit briefly, were fears of the 1970 uh, like garbage strike that they that happened in New York. So, what did you think of the albeit loose connections to the larger Batman universe? Did you like the inclusion of like a Thomas Wayne and a Bruce Wayne, or do you think it tipped slightly too far into the? Well, I, I think as we say, it's very far from any sort of comic book film we've seen recently or even it, comic book like yeah. it's honestly not that faithful <laughs> no um and so i feel that whenever any inclination of a famous comic book hero like batman or bruce wayne or his father was mentioned it wasn't on the nose for me and i felt that i was like oh i was reminded that it is still within that world but yep. completely separate i was surprised that it 
It even was a comic book film. <laughs> and when Bruce Wayne showed up, I was like, it made me wonder. But do you remember what what they say about Bruce Wayne or what the in, what the idea is about his connection to him? Well, see, this is this is the one irk I did have mm. is that it's a I guess it's like Uncle Ben in Spider Man as well. Like, how many times do you have to watch the Waynes get shot in an alley? Yeah, like, <laughs> we have even seen to that. the mm. point where. Batman vs Superman also started with that same scene. It was in Batman Begins. It was in the 89, like to the point where that was the only bit that I'm like, oh, okay. But look, this time it wasn't just a random robbery in a back alley. Oh, yeah. It was because they were trying to escape the crowds of people that had been rallied by the Joker's um, words and, and, well, he shot that guy on TV. Mm. So <laughs> basically everyone went like V for Vendetta and like ran into the streets and started Riding. Robbing things and mm. blowing up cars and stuff like this. So his parents and himself were coming out of a show, I think, yeah. and run down an alley. So it's all very connected and as well with they tried to make this connection where Joker thinks his father might be Thomas Wayne. So mm. th- th- that's so that's an interesting element. Because I am the you know relative comic book nerd on this show mm-hmm. and I read a lot of like the speculation forums and stuff and there was a rumour very, very long ago that in this movie the Joker was going to be the brother of Bruce Wayne. Yeah. And in a way that is true Yes, <laughs> uh, because uh, yeah, uh, Arthur Fleck is, is Joker's name. Um, his mother is delusional and she claims to ha- have like illegitimately conceived him with Thomas Wayne and then it's always throughout the movie you like speculate what's real and what's not and what's a delusion and what's mm. not. So in, he does believe that he is Bruce Wayne's brother and that Thomas Wayne is his father. Which is weird because that rumour was both true and not true. <laughs> well, yeah, because is it ever confirmed or not in it the wasn't. film? that Yeah, so I think it's the audience's decision whether yeah. it is or not. Yeah. Unless there's another movie <laughs> and they clear <laughs> it up. But, yeah, it very well could be because, you know, rich white man taking advantage of the help happens all the time. <laughs> so with the alleyway uh, now being connected to the motivations of the Joker, I'm really split on it because mm. I do see that it does, like you said, it gives them reason to go down what is called in the comic books, by the way, Crime Alley. <laughs> they go down Crime Alley. Um, but also the the very ethos of Batman is that it was a random violent crime and that's what motivates him, whereas they changed it in the Tim Burton movie as well, whereas mm. it just becomes like a revenge on the Joker and once the Joker is dead, theoretically, well, that's his mission done. But like the idea of a random crime, I actually, I understand more. It's like, well, there's all these random crimes everywhere that are Mm. kind of unmotivated and senseless Mm. and that is what I'm going to fight. So I do like that it did thematically tie in and it works Mm. for the Joker, but I think it doesn't work for Batman. Batman. But who knows because they'll probably just never make a Batman movie in this universe, so that doesn't really matter. No, because this film is about Joker. I wouldn't consider it a Batman film at all. And it's about Joker's motivations and how he became who he is and how he became the Joker was societal issues and so having that as the motivation for all the riots and stuff that happens for Batman's parents to be killed and then his motivation is society also is effed up and I need to clean it up by myself. So I also want to talk a little bit about Zazie Beat's character. There is the twist in the movie uh, that he has imagined their relationship Mm. which I thought was implied the whole time but later in the film did you like when – there's a scene where he's in her apartment and she comes out and she's like, who are you? And then it yeah. suddenly flashes mm. back to all these scenes. Yeah. But I was kind of like, well, yeah. <laughs> like, 
The mm. thing she's been saying is so ridiculous <laughs> and so your fantasy. I must yeah. admit. And you've established at the beginning of the film that you fantasize and have these like yeah. slips from reality that I didn't realize that that was supposed to be a twist. Oh. <laughs> is, is that bad? I mean, maybe maybe I just happened to clue in on something. I'm not sure. But I remember being like, oh, oh okay, I thought. I thought that was where that was we obvious. Were. Yeah, yeah. I think um, definitely seeing her being so affectionate with him and hugging him after knowing his a little bit of his history, I thought it was a bit unusual. But I did buy into it, and I thought, oh really? Yeah, yeah. it was. And fr- I was shocked when <laughs> yes. that, I was like, oh, oh, really? oh. oh, that's good, man. Maybe that was just me then. It was from the moment he was like, well, I've got a gun. I'll come along. She's like, great. And walked up. I'm like, she's not real. <laughs> no way, is she real. Well, yeah, no, I did buy into it, but then oh, when really? the twist okay. was revealed, I was like, oh yeah, that no, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> oh, that's good. Then. Maybe that was just me then. Because <laughs> remember, he is actually, according to my memory, on seven different medications. Yes, which we don't know what they are. Yeah. Mm. Um, yeah. and I actually looked up because he has this card that he shows to people whenever he goes into fits of laughter to let them know he's got a condition. And I wondered whether or not that actually existed. So I looked it up and apparently it does. It's called pseudobulbar and it's a condition that's characterised by episodes of sudden uncontrollable and inappropriate laughter or crying. I really like that as an element Mm. to the Joker. Like something's never been done before where it's like it's like a tick. It's almost like um, like some people with Asperger's or Tourette's where they have an uncontrollable tick. Mm. He has that but it's laughter. Yeah. And it kind of like I thought that that's a really clever way to have Mm. these like maniacal laughter breakdowns without just being like, well, he's nuts, you know. Yeah. And that's what gets him into trouble and gets him beaten up because people think he's laughing at them. (laughs) Yeah, he does. (laughs) Although now going back to the love interest character played by Zazie, at the end scene with her, what did you guys think? What happened to her? Does she die? Does he kill her? Some people seem to think so. And ah. I was like, I choose to believe he did it. No, I don't think that he did either because he does have moments of like, I mean, humanity, I suppose you would call. There's mm-hmm. a really great tense scene with two of his own old clown friends mm. uh, in which he that. horrifically murders oh, yeah. one of God. them and mm. then says to the other one, you can go. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, in in such a like fist clenchingly tense yes. scene. That was brilliant. Uh, and I thought that saying like she's not done anything wrong to him, mm. or she's not part of this society that's like beating down on no. people. So I think that he would have let her go. Yeah, like he does seem to target people who have done wrong, or he thinks yeah. in his mind who have done yeah. wrong. And the only one that was a bit in the middle ground for me was the Murray Franklin character mm-hmm. played by Robert De Niro, yeah. who's the sh- the show host, who doesn't seem to be a bad character. Like you don't think he's done anything wrong except just like embarrass the Joker and he kills him on national television. All the other ones, like the rich white guys on the train who are harassing a woman and then beat him up. Like, I was like, yeah, cool. Yeah. Kill him. That's fine. <laughs> Marie, one small thing. When you bring me out, can you introduce me as Joker? So I, I quite like there's an ongoing motif here, and this is very symbolic of the Joker as a character, which is dancing in chaos. Mm. So every time, starting with uh, his first murders, which are the three kind of Wall Street types on yeah. the train, um, every time he does a violent crime, the next thing he does is dance. And that, like, dancing in chaos is kind of like the ethos of that character it as is, a whole. It's, it's the juxtaposition yeah. of having a 
frenzy of fun with something so horrible just yes. occurring. And every single time he does it, he dances the next scene, including after the big horrific, uh, you know, murdering of his clown friends when he fully becomes the Joker. Mm. What's the first thing he does? Dance down the stairs. Yeah. After the big mm. ride, after the TV yeah. show, what's the first thing he does when he yeah. gets up on the cop car? Dances on the cop car. Mm. He was dancing a bit before he went. He was revealed on stage at the show. Yes, yeah. And I took it as being like a, a calming, like a, a coping mechanism. Yeah. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Like but something I, I that he uses kind of to calm himself down. Thought it was like he is just kind of living in it. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. accepting this chaos and this violence and everything oh. like that. One scene that was really visceral to me was that scene in the. Uh, his lounge room when he's dancing with the gun and he's shirtless so you can see all of his bones protruding and he's like really writhing and it's just really slow and awkward. And that wasn't before or after any violence, I believe. That was before he like he shot the wall accidentally Mm. and he was really scared. I mean, he's dancing around with a gun, (laughs) like a loaded gun. (laughs) So, yeah, I saw it as like a... That's how he copes with it. A nervous thing, yeah. And it's interesting that um, there is a point in which he just becomes the Joker, mm. which is after the death of his mother. From that point on, he is just the Joker at that yeah. point. But there was a really nice touch, I thought, all throughout the first half, three quarters of the movie, where he has kind of little bits of white paint just mm. kind of left on his face, almost as if the Joker is just underneath him trying to get out. Like it's wow. it, that whole idea that it is slowly chipping away at him it's rising to and the top. underneath is the white paint. Mm. And I thought that that was a nice little touch. And even mm. as he's becoming the Joker, there's a scene where he's just got a white face, but the makeup isn't quite there yet. And mm. he's slowly evolving into the Joker. And I yeah. thought even just little things like that, it's such a nice visual metaphor for what this guy's doing. And even because it's got a lot to do with mental disorder as well. The idea that it's like two duality, like the duality of two people inside you and, and, like it, there's like echoes of like schizophrenia in there and stuff like that. I thought it was a really nice touch. <laughs> I used to think that my life was a tragedy. But now I realize it's a comedy. I wanted to go back with uh, his initial kill in the subway with the three guys. One thing that I didn't believe about them is that uh, obviously they're affluent, but I didn't believe that they would know Send in the Clowns. When they started singing singing Send in the Clowns, I was like, That was your issue? They have not been to a Sondheim show in their lives. They don't know what this song is. But I love that they yeah, died. Yeah. It, like, it, it works <laughs> yes. thematically for the movie. Exactly. But yes. the realism was a bit lost on me. <laughs> Maybe if they are rich, I don't know, it just gets played at home by mother. Yeah, right. Oh, <laughs> potentially. So there, this movie is, albeit barely a Batman movie as I described it earlier, there's a lot of fun little nods. Uh, even the, the talk show element is a famous uh, Frank Miller, Dark Knight Returns scene from that comic. He goes on talk show, Chaos Erupts. Uh, but with my favorite one, and it's one that I think uh, a couple of people missed, which is the introduction of little young Bruce Wayne. When you first see him, he's on a playground. Mm. And what does he do to get off the playground? Jumps on a little pole and he slides down just like the 1966 <laughs> Batman <laughs> series. Right. I thought that was such a brilliant little Batman yes. cue to be like, oh, Bruce Wayne sliding down the pole. You know, I thought 
Yeah. It, it's got so many little moments like that mm. where uh, it, they're kind of like real deep cuts, but they don't distract from the movie at all. But they're nice little elements to be like, oh, that was good. Like that's that's clever. Mm. It's not too in your face. It's not too, you know. It's good for the really obsessed fans. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you. <laughs> and then uh, later on when the Joker meets him outside of his gate and is talking to him real creepily <laughs> and then just puts his fingers in his mouth. And I'm like... <laughs> This is the dumbest little boy I've ever seen. <laughs> How is this Batman? He's just like, oh, just let this tra- stranger put his <laughs> fingers in my mouth. Idiot. So now that we can talk a little more freely about it and uh, and everyone that's listening has seen it, what are your final thoughts on Joke? You don't have to hold back anymore. What did you think of the film? So my initial thoughts for the film are exactly the same as now. I absolutely love the film. I think although there are maybe some insensitive topics that are brought up throughout this iteration I feel that most people will enjoy it and it's got such a a unique and gritty take on this character so I think I would definitely see it again I actually even though I'm a huge comic book fan I like it more as an ode because you know I like my dark gritty Mm. films as an ode to like those 70s Scorsese films Mm. and as that it's pretty spot on and I really liked just that they just took it in a bizarre angle and they just went for it and they were like you know what it's a take. You're just going to have to go with it. And I did. Next episode, we are talking about Will Smith versus himself in Gemini Man and an all-female crime drama in Hustlers. But until next time, thank you, Vari. Thank you. Thank you, Dan. Thanks. My name is Cambo, and this is The Cinema Crew with Village Cinemas.